This is Machine Language, the podcast hosted by Manufacturing Automation Magazine. You've tuned in to hear conversations with industry experts on the latest industrial automation technologies and trends in Canada's manufacturing sector. Hello and welcome to this episode of Machine Language. I'm your host, Sukanya Righosh, editor of Manufacturing Automation Magazine. We have Lauren Tedesco, Senior Vice President at the Automotive Parts Manufacturers Association, or APMA, as a guest for this episode. At APMA, she leads the future of work portfolio with the focus on building the first industry-wide digital learning program. She's driving systemic change in the auto sector with the launch of an equity, diversity, and inclusion program to build pathways to underrepresented groups. In 2021, she was one of Automotive News Canada's Canadians to Watch and was awarded the Champion for Diverse Talent from Michigan-based Cadia. Tedesco joins us for this episode to discuss APME's digital learning program. She explains how this program benefits the workforce in the auto parts manufacturing space by offering certification and courses that can be pursued without any time constraints. She talks about who can participate, how they can do so, and the program's role in strengthening the automotive manufacturing sector. But before we listen to the conversation, a word from this episode's sponsor, Misumi. Drive into innovation, merge your new technology with the power and experience of Misumi, a global automation components leader for over 50 years. Misumi specializes in configurable components that will save time and provide design flexibility without the high costs and long lead times of custom components. We are built to support the high-paced dynamics of the electric vehicle and automotive industry. Visit misumi.info auto for more. And now, let's listen to my conversation with Tedesco. Hello, Lauren. Welcome to this episode of Machine Language uh, for Manufacturing Automation. Uh, today, we will be discussing Automotive Parts Manufacturers Association's Digital Learning Program. So before going into this discussion, um, Lauren, could you uh, tell us about your role in APMA? Excellent. Thank you for having me. I'm Lauren Tedesco, the Senior Vice President at the Automotive Parts Manufacturers Association, APMA for short. Uh, my role really looks at the future of work portfolio. So what will the workforce look like um, you know, in the next five to 10 years? What skills and talent do we need? And how do we start preparing the workforce now, the incoming and the existing workforce um, for those roles of the future, especially as we move towards electrification? Right. And this discussion is, uh, you know, it fits right into, uh, you know, discussing what the future is going to be like. Uh, the digital learning program, it's for automotive uh, parts manufacturers, I believe. So uh, let's go into, you know, when and why did APMA launch this program? So the digital learning program was really an idea that came out of one of our members uh, quite a few years ago. Uh, 
who wanted to see something happen across the sector. Uh, so many companies, especially when we look at our tier ones, they have a lot of education and training already in place. But what about the small and medium sized businesses who don't have the same resources, don't have the same opportunities or the same staff? And how do they access learning? Because there are a lot of barriers um, in that space right now. And so building those pathways was really important. So with the digital learning program, you know, APMA is in a really lucky spot where we represent the sector. We represent all interests in the sector, whether you're in academics or you're a parts maker or you're mold maker. Um, so we really look at all of those pieces and, uh, you know, it was kind of decided um, through government and through industry, this would be a great home for it. And so with that kind of lobbying effort of the sector to say, this is something we need if we wanna see strengthen the supply chain and be able to uh, make sure that we can adjust to the future and adapt to the future and not just in a reactive way, but how do we do that proactively so we're ahead of the curve and not playing catch up. And so the digital learning program you know, we were ahead of the curve before COVID because it was uh, everything about it is completely digital. Now we're right on um, right with everybody else in doing kind of digital learning and um, having access while people work um, either remotely or now in much safer environments where you can't be in classrooms. And so that was really what the digital learning program was about getting um, uh, education and training and skills development directly into the hands of uh, auto sector workers, but specifically looking at that production line, looking at those who are on the ground in the day to day and getting education to their hands. Because so much happens at a corporate level, but what about on the front lines of the sector? Right. So, you know, um, I want to know, like, um, could you go a little bit more in depth into uh, what the program is all about in the sense that uh, what, what, what all is um, part of the program? Uh, what, is, what is basically the education that the workers uh, on the plant floors are going to be getting? So we looked at, you know, in discussion with industry. So yeah. This isn't strictly APMA running it. We yeah. have an advisory board of, you know, some of the best people in the training sector, in it, in the auto sector, uh, who are weighing in on this. We work with colleges and universities and we work with government. So we really have a diverse board who comes together to say, okay, what are the greatest needs that we see in the yeah. sector? And so the digital learning program, it really is kind of at a higher level looking at the program itself. You log onto your phone, you log onto a computer, you can access it anywhere, anytime, 24 seven. And it's all broken down into micro credentials. So you're not taking a five hour course and trying to, you know, get through it. Maybe you're watching a two minute video and then maybe you're watching, you're doing five minutes of reading and maybe 10 minutes of some sort of interactive game and then doing a quiz to get to the next step. It really is kind of that bite-sized education and skills development because we know people are busy and we know that, you know, carving out five hours in a day to complete a course is just not feasible, especially in our industry. Um, on the ground level, you know, as we were kind of working about what are the biggest issues facing the sector, especially the small and medium size, right. health and safety, no question. Uh, 
we already see so much happening around health and safety, but we know that maybe not everyone is in compliance all the time. And so that's a real draw. We know they have to spend money in that space. And right. so we incorporated that. And then the bonuses of here's all the other opportunities you can take now that you're comfortable with our platform, now that you've done the, the digital learning and kind of did that ramp up period. And so the other you know topics we're looking at right now, we've launched the um, health and safety is already launched. Leadership um, has launched uh, as well as, um, oh my gosh, now I'm, uh, lean manufacturing. How could I forget that one? The most important, right. because we want people to develop you know, we want us, the companies to see the value that here's something that can directly impact the um, employees or the bottom line or the efficiency. So they see an immediate benefit. This isn't, you know, five years out, you finally see, get a return on your investment. Um, and at the same time for employees to learn things that not just apply to work, but also their life. And so when you're looking at not necessarily health and safety, but lean manufacturing, or leadership. These are things that exist both in the workplace and in their personal life. And so you're looking at developing the person, not, you know, just the employee. Um, we're looking at, you know, future certifications around quality assurance, um, as well as equity, diversity, and inclusion, because we know the, the auto sector, um, it's growing in diversity, but there's a long way to go. And so how can we um, invest in that early on as well? So uh, out, out of curiosity, when was the digital learning program uh, launched exactly? So fully launched in uh, last month, January, oh. January 2022. Yeah. Um, we've been working on it for probably about a year and a half, um, building up the learning platform, um, being able to consult with a lot of our members to get focus groups and feedback. So it really is designed by auto workers for auto workers. We didn't want to come in top down to, yeah. to drive this into the sector. It was hearing um, from all levels of all organizations, no matter you're big or small, um, to tell us what's working and what's not working and how can we take some of the guesswork out of training for you yeah. and also do this in a way that removes some of those barriers and is much more accessible because we know the small and medium-sized businesses, you might have a part-time HR person, um, yeah. or someone who is, you know, doing double duty. So how could we take that, um, out for them kind of off offload that to APMA. So we did yeah. the work for them and then also offsetting those costs and being able to, you know, get them trained on the platform and support them through the entire process. So, uh, you know, you talked about how the program is designed by, uh, you know, the automotive uh, industry itself, uh, and it is for the automotive industry. But uh, I want to ask, like, uh, who are the people who are going to be uh, in uh, the instructors uh, during the program? Uh, and like, you know, uh, what is typically included in the curriculum? So I think anyone who is signing on, I would say our target audience really looking at that frontline production line, you know, you're on the shop floor. Yeah. Um, we know a lot of HR managers and business and business owners are yeah. coming to us because they want to see this happen. Um, it really is about, you know, the, say the shop floor worker, for example, you are, you're 
um, organization gives you an opportunity. Okay. You get one hour a day to do this training. You know, maybe they're picking up their phone or they're access, accessing it on a computer um, at the workplace. You're jumping onto a learning platform. You sign in, we call it the Netflix of uh, training because we know everyone uses streaming services and um, it learns from your behaviors. And so it's really easy. You log on to a website. You can log on through your phone, through an app, onto a tablet, wherever you are, log in and you can pick right up where you left off. Your employer may have assigned you a few assignments to complete your health and safety training. You go in, you tackle as much as you can within that time. You know, you get to watch some videos, play a couple of games, do a little bit of reading. Um, it is completely asynchronous. And so there are no live instructors. There's support always, um, but it really is on your own time at your own pace. Um, you know, an employer may put a deadline on that, but we wanted to make it you know, there's a learning curve when it comes to digital learning, yeah. uh, just like a lot of digital elements uh, or tech technology that happens in the sector. Yeah. So we want to make it as easy and as accessible as possible. So you go on, it's very user-friendly, it's totally guided by the user. And, you know, it's even like Netflix where um, new, new programs will come up or new certifications will be recommended based right. on your interest and based on your success. And so the program you know, we wanted to make it fun because learning isn't always fun, especially when you look at <laughs> professional development and you get past the, um, the regular education that we see. But once you move into this space, how can we make it so it really resonates with people? Because, you know, we know everyone's busy. They work and they have lives and they have families and other things to attend to. And so how could we pop into their lives and be able to bring something really effective to them? So, you know, we've done a lot of testing with our, with the industry so far, and people are very receptive to it and they're very engaged in it. And we have so much positive reaction. Um, once we get through the demonstrations with um, future customers, uh, there's no doubt that they're really impressed to see um, how accessible it is and really just engaging uh, for their employees. Uh, so, uh, I want to know, like, um, do you have any life components to this? Because um, from what I'm understanding, uh, employees can sign up for the digital learning programs and then go about it at their own pace. So, I'm just wondering, like, are there any life components to it where uh, there's an instructor present online who is going to, and the uh, participants can actually interact with them? So there are no live instructors as part of the program. Yeah. What we look to do is how can we focus on getting the information right to people? Right. Yeah. To accommodate their lives. Right. When we focus on something like live instructors, well, first of all, instructors cost a lot of money uh, <laughs> when we're running classes and we want to make sure we keep um you know, it's very affordable knowing the price point that a lot of our um, sector needs to look at. Um, and also that we don't want people to have to move around their lives to be able to get this training. Training is often seen as a nice to have if it's not immediately essential to the work that you're doing. And I think that's the, that's the cultural shift we need to see in automotive as well more towards that development, whether it's leadership or lean or, you know, equity and diversity, but there needs to be more um, discussions around it, more, a better culture to support it. And yeah. so we thought the easiest way to get in on this at the ground floor level 
um, is to make sure it's not restrictive and to make it as flexible as possible. So, you know, live learning, it's fantastic because you have that level of um, interaction, but that's not something that we have ventured into yet. Could always come down, um, down the road, but right now it really is. Here are some set certifications to kick it off. Um, and then from there, we'll see how it goes. So um, in any way, can the participants actually uh, reach out to, uh, you know, experts uh, or people who have designed this program to have their doubts clarified or if they have any questions, um, how do they go about it? So what we've looked at is how can we train organizations to run this program right. while we do there will always be accessibility for employees that maybe their employer is not supportive of something like this. Yeah. Of course, they can come to us to APMA, sign up for their own personal license. Our yeah. target really is looking at companies and bulk right. buying these licenses. So maybe they want to get 50 of their 100, 100 employees to get onto this platform. Yeah. Being able to um, create that, um, that point of entry and have discussions when you bulk, when you look at, you know, educating a bulk amount in your organization, yeah. where we're trying to drive it and with the online communication tools is within your own organization to have those discussions. Right. Is it something that, yeah, potentially down the road, I think that we would look into collaboration at a larger level across yeah. the sector to be able to build online communities within the platform. Yeah. But of course, we don't want to um, do too much too early. We want to focus yeah. specifically on doing, yeah. the, doing yeah. the early things right. Um, and so collaboration within the company and to have those discussions. And then, yeah, you're right. Down the road, how can we open up to industry? Because there's really not a space to do that right now. And I think there's a lot of potential um, once we kind of, uh, you know, get a few years into this. Okay. So uh, essentially, who are the people who can actually uh, sign up pro uh, for this program? You mentioned that this is designed in a way that organizations can uh, basically approach and introduce this, uh, you know, with, uh, for their workforce. But like, uh, who is it like, um, who are the people who are going to benefit the most from this? And whom would you encourage to sign up for this uh, program? So we obviously represent automotive parts suppliers and that will always be our target audience. Yeah, no, uh, no question, that is our primary audience. Does that mean it can't go across manufacturing? Like it is applicable across all manufacturing. We looked at, you know, even in our discussions early on uh, when we talked to government about this, when we talked about industry yeah. and especially the um, colleges and universities, we want it to apply to advanced manufacturing, period. We are looking at how we've been working with our own industry. We've been talking to, you know, academics about it and industry leaders about it. Yeah. Um, so there is, it is driven towards automotive. But that being said, we have left it high level enough that it can apply to quite a few sectors, no question, because we see a lot of um, employees move sector to sector. Turnover right. is obviously something we deal with no matter what, um, where you're participating in. It could be the hotel industry or forestry or, you know, automotive. There is a high level of turnover with workers. What yeah. we want to see is we can attract top talent to automotive and we can keep top talent. And so right. whether you're coming in entry level yeah. and this is your first job 
um, you know, in an automotive uh, company and we want to be able to invest in those people early so we don't lose them to other um, competing sectors and that they can see a future. So how do we build those career pathways as well? That if they see, okay, great, I've started here. I'm, you know, doing some very basic work, but I see, you know, an example in my company of someone five years down the road and where they are. Okay. What does that look like in my pathway within my company, but also my pathway for learning. And so when they see a future, they are more likely to stay within the company or at least within the sector. And so it really is so important to us to be able to drive that, those pathways. Um, It doesn't matter who you talk to. They're like, yes, you know, it's so hard to um, tell people what the future of automotive looks like because a lot of times they haven't seen it or they don't understand that you're building the future of cars and we're all moving to electric vehicles, you know, in the next 20, 30, 40 years. And so that's really important to us too. We need to do a better marketing job overall in the automotive sector because so many people look, you know, they see a production line on TV and they think, no, that's what my grandpa used to do. That is not what automotive is anymore. And it really is a big focus on technology and, you know, these state of the art facilities and just really want people to be able to, um, they're not popping in and out of a career here, that there really is something that, you know, you can build for your entire career, your entire life, your entire working life. And that all starts with, you know, that investment in skills and training. Okay. So, uh, uh, you know, a question that I think um, anyone who is interested will have is what are the steps involved in participating in this program and uh, what kind of certification would the participants uh, receive after it is done? So when we were working with um, our industry partners, uh, so tier ones all the way down, we wanted it to be very important. It was a real priority for us that will these certifications be recognized by the sector? Yeah. You know, you get a certification in lean manufacturing 101 from the APMA. Yeah. Does that put your resume to the top of the pile? And it does because they have personally worked on this yeah. or if they haven't, they've gone through to demonstrations and to see what we're capable of. Yeah. And so the industry as a whole has said to us, yes, we will absolutely support this and recognize those certifications um, of newcomer of, you know, new employees, but also investing in it as an organization to get that training happening here on the ground. So any company, any individual, a student, you know, if you're graduating from college or university, you know, go to apma.ca, digital learning, and all the information is there. You, we have made it so you're not just signing up like you would Netflix and you never contact a human being. We have a team here because we want to make sure that we don't lose anyone along the way, that we are doing a bit of that concierge service and handholding to make sure that, you know, there's no roadblocks along the way. So a quick visit to our website, apma.ca. Um, there's a lot of information there. You can hit contact and, you know, someone on our team will connect with you because we want to understand where people are coming from, what their needs are, Yeah. whether it's an HR manager or the owner of a company, um, or an individual employee or a student saying, you know, I heard about this. I saw this, yeah. but 
how can I benefit greatly from this? And so that's really, you know, we have a huge sector of like a hundred thousand of employees, but that doesn't mean that as we kind of kick this off and we look at the first 1000, 2000 people to participate in it, we want to be able to keep those conversations open because this isn't static learning and this isn't static information. We are constantly updating it, upgrading it, putting new information, you know, the pandemic hit and like, okay, we have to be agile enough to be able to address things like this that hit the sector or when the supply chain um, is under strain or microchip shortage. And really that's, we're trying to be as agile as possible and as adaptable. So getting that feedback from industry and keeping that open, um, super important to us so that we understand their needs and we can adapt and grow as they adapt and grow. Absolutely. Uh, you, uh, so I want to know, like, uh, is this program national? Uh, people from all over Canada can uh, participate in this? Definitely. So APMA represents, you know, we are a national organization. We're right across Canada on our members. We have focused a lot of what we've done so far in the English language. Um, yeah. We are looking at, you know, options around uh, translation and French services to support um, our counterparts or our companies in Quebec. Um, yeah. But really anyone coast to coast um, can access this. It really is driven. When we look at health and safety, yeah. that's really um, that's an area where we've tried to made, make it as high level as possible, but we have focused uh, so many of our members are here in Ontario. So yeah. we have looked at those Ontario regulations, because it does differ province to province. Um, But that being said, when we see spikes in interest from other provinces, that's something that we can easily, you know, add on a couple of um, courses to adapt. So really is, again, very flexible. And how can we build it up to um, look across, you know, East Coast right to West Coast, but a lot of it right now is um, very Ontario centric, because that's where we see, you know, 90% of our membership. Okay. Uh, so, uh, I, do you have any plans to uh, basically promote this program further, uh, take it to a level where people, uh, you know, know about this and are participating in larger numbers? We would like to grow. We wanted to make sure that we started off small enough that um, we provided a rock solid service um, to those who initially sign up. Um, We are, um, you know, we kicked off the program to be live as of January last month, January 2020. Um, And our goal for this year over the, you know, the next 12 months is how can we, you know, get people to test out the platform. So if a company is listening to this right now and they're like, you know, I need a demo. I kind of want to see what this is about. That's what we do, right? Spend a month or two on the platform, get a couple employees on, see what it's all about. And then with the goal of growing and expanding health and safety is something that, you know, you have to update um, annually or every couple of years, depending on what aspect you're looking at. So we know there's return customers and we will continue to grow our certifications and our curriculum. And, you know, certifications are really, you're going through a number of courses and there may be smaller programs where, you know, the pandemic is, we're over it and people are tired of it, but it's a good example of, when something like that happens again, we can throw up a couple of courses to say, you know, here's how to handle a workplace safely. Here's how to disinfect. Here's how to, you know, screen people. And 
we, you know, worked closely with um, different groups in the health and safety sector so yeah. that we could, you know, pivot and adapt and put that COVID um, lens onto the training that we're doing. And so yeah. that's, you know, continuous and constant. Would we love to grow bigger? Uh, absolutely. That's our goal is to move into that long-term self-sustaining model, but we really want to make sure that those who are joining us early on, um, we're really listening to them so that we can target the next best certifications um, to hit, you know, impact the greatest amount of employees in the sector possible. Uh, so you, you uh, spoke about the health and safety uh, aspect of the program a lot. Um, I'm also wondering, like, for uh, people who work on the manufacturing floors, um, especially with the machines, with the automation machines and everything, um, what is the focus for them? Like, um, what is it that, uh, you know, they can get from this program? So our target is what can we provide in the digital learning space? There's right. obviously a lot of training that already happens really well when yeah. we look at that human interaction and things yeah. that have to happen in person. Yeah. We, you know, the colleges, the universities and the workplaces um, do a phenomenal job of that. Yeah. Ours is taking a step back to say, you know, if we're looking at lean manufacturing, the people who are on the production floor and who are doing this day to day, and maybe they see a way that something could be improved. Yeah. Let's give them those key tools and learning outcomes to be able to apply that to the workspace. Yeah. We won't step into kind of that um, in-person, you know, the stuff that really has to happen on the ground. Right. Um, we don't have the, the capacity because ours looks at really from the strictly digital space. Yeah. Um, that being said, when we look at health and safety, we also have partners um, that we're looking to line up in those train the trainer programs. And so if it is like crane or lift operator, those that testing and that um, some of that learning obviously has to happen as much yeah. as we want to do things, you know, remotely or online, yeah. um, nothing beats that in-person learning. So how can we kind of do that hand in hand and how can we partner with it that yeah. maybe we can't be there in person to do some of that training when we look at um, machines and kind of that human machine element, but what building blocks can we build along the way that will support um, will support that in the workplace or at least offset that component um, for employers so that they can do it, you know, online, on their own time, on a break or on a designated time to do training um, and then be able to focus, you know, a company can focus their resources then on the in-person training. Okay. So uh, moving into, uh, you know, something more specific, um, automation, automation industry 4.0, human machine collaboration, these are, you know, no more things of the distant past. They are right now an integral part of the manufacturing industry as a whole. And even uh, the automotive manufacturing uh, segment. So what I want to know is um, why, according to you, is the need to upskill even more essential uh, today? So I think there's obviously a long-term fear that's always happened that the machines are coming to replace us. Yeah. And that's not the case. Yeah. Um, there will never, I don't think we'll ever be, I never want to say never, but 
I don't think there will ever be a time when we look at automotive and it is 1000% looking at machines. There will always have to be the human component. And when we look at design and when we look at the human interaction, when we look at human resources, for example, um, and when we look at the creativity um, that humans bring to the table, right? And so while machines may come in to um, replace some jobs, that's a real opportunity for the auto sector to say, okay, now let's invest in those higher quality jobs. We want people to have meaningful jobs. We want them to um, come to work and feel that satisfaction and look for opportunities to grow and invest. So with digital learning, yeah, really any learning and that kind of culture of skills training. Yeah, uh, that's what it's about. It's about I can. Yes, maybe my sector is going to change because we're moving towards electrification or maybe there's a lot more technology and we're relying on AI. But then it should be an opportunity for employees to say, how can I upskill or how can I train for that future job? Because with jobs now are changing yearly and yeah. There's jobs that in five to 10 years don't even exist right now. So we want companies and employees to both be excited about what that future looks like rather than the intimidation of, well, my skills now won't apply. Well, use your skills now as the building block. Yeah. Um, Upskill. That's what we call upskilling. It's not totally new training. You are building on what you already have. And so jump onto a certification or a course or tell us what you want to see coming down the pipeline. Yeah. And work together to really look at those needs so that people are trained ahead of it. That is our big goal is we see, tell us what's coming down the pipeline. Tell us what jobs you think you'll be creating in five years. We can build that now and your employees can get trained on that now so yeah. that you are you are proactive in that space. You're not reacting and trying to play catch up. You're ahead of the curve so that, you know, while maybe other companies are playing catch up, you yeah. are already you know, looking ahead from that point. And um, that really is the benchmark, I think, for success. Yeah. Change is coming no matter what. <laughs> and we've seen that with the target set by yeah. um, the prime minister and by other, you know, um, leaders um, of countries around the world. Yeah. We know there's new benchmarks. We know climate change is um, a real driver of those policy decisions. Yeah. And so, you know, embracing it and being prepared for it and being a leader in it you know, yeah, that's we're trying to do that and hold your hand along the way. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? What would you say is the program's role in overall in strengthening the future of the Canadian automotive industry? Especially, I'm talking about the manufacturing uh, part of the automotive industry. So, Canada, no question, is a leader in automotive, but also in our investment in training and education. We are so lucky to have, you know, these publicly funded colleges and universities, you know, graduation rates are up in high school because there's a huge investment in education and there's more opportunities and more accessibility when you look at a publicly funded um, post-secondary world. And our colleges and universities across Canada are you know, they're part of these collaboration zones and they work with industry and they work with government um, to really be able to design programs and educate um, educate students and the workforce to be right. competitive. And so part of remaining one of the global leaders is 
to be able to have your workforce adapt because maybe you're doing a fantastic job in, uh, yeah. you know, production and design and creativity and the thinking behind it. But if you don't have the people to do it, um, you're really going to miss out on that opportunity. And, you know, talent, you know, we say there's a war for talent across <laughs> Canada and there really is because all the sectors um, are looking to bring in top talent and are looking for more employees. And, you know, if someone is in automotive, but they jump over to Amazon for an extra dollar an hour, but what does automotive have to have to offer over, you know, the Amazons of the world? It's that here's where you can invest in a career and where it's meaningful and where we want to see you here long-term. And so what does that growth look like for the individuals, not just for the companies? Right. And, you know, that talent really is the currency and that human capital is really what drives the success of so many companies now. And so with the digital learning program, yes, we're looking at a lot of basics. We're looking at that kind of 101 because yeah. we are looking at um, those on the production floor, but that's where we need the biggest investment now. And that's where we need to see the biggest, um, you know, ramp up of yes. talent and skills investment so that we have that competitive workforce. And, you know, a lot of what we're doing at APMA as well is looking at equity, diversity, and inclusion. And so we have another program, it's called the EDI fund. And it looks at, you know, the sector has historically been white male for a very long time. And we're seeing right. a huge amount of retirements already happening. And right. that knowledge is leaving um, with those retirements. Yeah. And we need new pools of talent. And yeah. so how do we drive um, you know, new people into the sector? And it is building pathways to underrepresented groups, you know, women, youth, racialized communities, people with a disability. How do we create access and how do we remove those barriers? Because maybe they've never considered a job in automotive before. And yeah. so with our EDI fund, you know, it's an opportunity for an employer to say, okay, we help them with wage subsidies. We help them with training. We help them right. with, you know, through the digital learning program, but yeah. those wraparound supports, transportation to and from work. We offer a three to six month placement with companies where they can invest in an employee to become the ideal candidate at the end. So no education required, no previous training, no previous yeah. experience, yeah. but drive new pools of talent yeah. and invest in them so that we have a whole new workforce and we can um, really invest in a strong talent pool for that global competitiveness. But it really does start down to the individual person, even when we look at kind of that global playing field. Right. That was such a fantastic, uh, you know, discussion that we uh, have today. Hopefully this podcast uh, helps uh, drive an interest for the program, uh, you know, uh, nationally. So thank you, Lawrence, so much for joining us for this episode of uh, Machine Language uh, for Manufacturing Automation. Thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Machine Language. If you enjoyed this conversation, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And finally, this podcast was brought to you by Masumi, your one-stop shop for electrical and mechanical components. Configure your components at misumiusa.com.